It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. As you know, it is Monday, so it is the Monday Hangover, which is going to be awarded to none other than Dr. Lena Wen. You may have recognized her on CNN and plenty of other news outlets when she was trying to pump up the COVID narrative. And I'll get to that a little bit later on because Project Veritas came out with something that is extremely poignant and it validates everything from the Pizzagate narrative. So if you don't know what Pizzagate is all about, it's one of the big hullabaloos that came out during John Podesta's WikiLeaks emails drops. That was the whole thing about Hillary Clinton's email being made public. No, it was John Podesta's that made it to WikiLeaks. And in WikiLeaks, we find all kinds of code language, like people coming over for pizza. And then we find out that people like Barack Obama decided to spend $60,000 to transport hot dogs and pizza to the White House at 1 a.m. from Chicago. Now, why would you be spending $60,000 to transport pizza and hot dogs from Chicago? Granted, a private flight probably costs around forty dollars to $60,000, so maybe it's that. But what exactly is a hot dog and what exactly is a pizza? What are those code for? And we find out other things like walnut sauce, that kind of uh, that kind of language. Oh, there's a map that we found on a handkerchief. I assume it's yours. And these are all in the John Podesta emails from WikiLeaks. So Project Veritas came out. They decided to do a report on a guy who infiltrated a now defunct, uh, basically, child porn site. And he actually also found... A former politician, I would assume Democrat, I didn't have a chance to look into the guy, supposedly he's dead by now, Uh, he ran for office back in 2018, Uh, so they talk about all of these code words, they use things like, oh, we need a cheese pizza, we would really like cheese pizza, so what is cheese pizza? What are the initials of cheese pizza? It is CP, what does that stand for? Child porn. Excellent, excellent 12 minutes. It's going to be a series on Project Veritas, but it validates everything that we have heard in the WikiLeaks drops. So maybe we aren't as crazy as everyone else likes to make us appear to be. Nassau County in New York. Oh, what a wonderful story. Supposedly a company called Phoenix Graphics decided to send out all of these uh, registration forms for voters. There's about 1.3 million people that live in Nassau County. There's about 1 million registered voters. Uh, Probably a third of those are inactive voters, so they don't vote for whatever reason, unless it's the 2020 election, and they miraculously show up 15 times over on the ballots. So they decided to try—Phoenix Graphics, this company— decided to try and run the gamut and change every single registered voter in the county of Nassau— to a registered Democrat. These are the kinds of nonsense idiocies we're going to see until the next election. And if they stole the election in 2020 and they stole the election in 2022, what makes you think they won't steal it again in 2024 or at least try to? So especially now that we have World Economic Forum CEO Putz now being in charge of Twitter— 
Uh, and Forbes magazine said, oh, okay, it's it's now safe to reinvest in Twitter and buy ad space on Twitter again. Oh, that why? Because you got a WEF, World Economic Forum, stooge in there now going to take the reins? Is that why it's safe? Please. I expect a lot more nonsense coming right into 2024. Uh, even, even with this migration, migrant stuff streaming across the border, right? Now you've got New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He's shifting around all of these migrants just as fast as uh, Governor Abbott from Texas can ship them up here in those coach buses. Now, everyone thinks that Abbott in Texas is such a hero, but is he really, or is he just relieving the burden from the federal government by shifting all of these migrants around the country to these various Democrat sanctuary cities? I think it's more of the latter. I don't think Governor Abbott is some hero, because if you look at Governor Abbott, he's a member of the World Economic Forum. He doesn't necessarily like Trump in any real way, so he's probably on the take. Mayor Eric Adams, he's not feeling this immigration status too much either. So what is he doing? He's bussing around those migrants all across New York State. What are these counties doing? Riverhead Town, at least, out on Long Island, they're declaring a state of emergency. Now, that doesn't mean that they are going to stop the migrants from being bussed out there, which the town could do. They could legally stop these buses from coming into the, to, to the town. So by declaring a state of emergency, that just enables them to beg for more cash from New York State and the federal government. It's a money grab. They don't care where these migrants go. They're going to hold them up in some stupid hotel across that uh, across the town. But they don't care where they go. They just want the money, and they're going to overinflate the cost and all that other stuff. It's going to be another COVID grab. And so these towns declaring a state of emergency, that's all they're doing. It's all they're doing. Because nobody cares about the law. Nobody cares about being a custodian of society anymore. And they only care about maintaining the facade of integrity. I mean, the, going back to New York City, did you see this? Oh, they go. Fox 5 was reporting this. They're going to plan a way to stop da, the, all the shoplifting that's going on in New York City. Really? I mean, you have people that walk into all of these stores like Target and, uh, and Walgreens and CVS, all of those stores. They want armfuls of stuff they're walking out of those stores with. And as long as it's $999.99 worth of items, nobody's going to do a thing for them. So New York City has planned a way to stop all of this, and you're going to love this. This is the plan from Fox 5 News. Give first-time offenders intervention programs instead of prosecution. What is an intervention program? Are you going to call them up every day at 3 p.m.? Do you have everything you need? De-escalation training for retail employees. What? What, are, what is a retail employee who barely gets paid above minimum wage? What are they going to do when a whole mob of people come in there and they start swiping and just removing items from the shelf? Oh, please, let's talk about this. Number three, establish neighborhood retail watch groups to share theft info in real time with one another and the NYPD. 
why. You know the NYPD has its hands tied thanks to these George Soros district attorneys who refuse to go after actual criminals. And number four, this is the real kicker on how to stop shoplifting in New York City. Install kiosks in stores to connect would-be thieves with social service programs. Oh, that's right. As soon as you walk in, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't touch that. Don't steal it. Don't steal that. Come talk to me. I could get you more food stamps. I can get you better welfare. <laughs> Come on. This is the dumbest idiocy I have seen in a very long time. How could they expect anything to happen to stop shoplifters? Oh, we're going to install kiosks and they can visit us first before they go lift $999.99 worth of product and not pay for it and just stroll out and do it again next week. <laughs> oh, and, and oh, we got the retail executive and he's or she, they're going to talk to people and de-escalate the situation. No, they're not. I mean, not you, how can you de-escalate a situation with a guy that just pinched off a loaf on the sidewalk right in front of your store? What can you possibly say to that kind of person? They have no scruples about taking a dump on the sidewalk next to the fire hydrant and then walking in and stealing items. And you're going to sit there and say, hey, wait a minute. I have a better idea. Talk to this uh, the social services kiosk before you do anything else. They could help you out and get you more food stamps and better welfare benefits. I mean, <laughs> this is the dumbest shit. Oh, what a bunch of idiots. And that's why New York City is the way it is. That's why New York City lost 500,000 residents since, I think, 2021. In the span of a year, 500,000 residents. I think it's a 10% drop or a 5% drop or something like that in population and good they deserve it they need somebody else in there eric adams is a loser and he's never outside of a tailor when was the last time you saw that guy in a t-shirt he's always in some silk tie and well-tailored suit he's too busy partying rumors have it until 3 or 4 a.m every morning so how do you somehow maintain that lifestyle exactly that's how you maintain it or 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 just a load of adderall like donald trump and degeneracy knows no bounds because Bill Gates, we find out over the weekend, guess what? He was nabbed with a fellow bridge player. That's right. When was the last time you heard of anybody playing bridge outside of a black and white movie? That's number one. Number two, Gates is part of a bridge club, a competitive bridge club. I didn't even know there were bridge competitions left. And he met a girl, Antonova, back in 2010. Three years later, Gates associate Boris Nikolic, or Nikolic, referred her to Jeffrey Epstein. Wow, what a small world to help raise $500,000 for an online bridge business. Didn't go anywhere. Epstein paid her to attend coding classes instead. Learn to code. Antonova, in 2014, stayed briefly at an apartment in New York City provided by Epstein, but claims to never have met the guy who paid for her education. <laughs> okay, sure. Then in 2017, pedophile financier allegedly blackmailed Gates over the affair. So Gates had an affair with this chick, Antonova, at his local bridge club, and ultimately... 
Jeffrey Epstein was in her life for a long time, but didn't know that she had an affair with Bill Gates. By the way, she looks many, many years Bill Gates's junior, if not beyond decades worth of, uh, of years to Bill Gates's age. It is reprehensible. What are we looking at here? We're looking at a honeypot situation. To assume that this chick, Antonova, is not part of some intelligence apparatus, especially when she is getting hundreds of thousands of dollars from somebody like Jeffrey Epstein, staying in his apartment, raising $500,000. What kind of kid can raise $500,000, right? Unless you're a well-connected kid and you have extremely big connections in finance or somebody like Jeffrey Epstein. This chick was probably working for Epstein. She probably kept it a secret from him that she slept with Bill Gates. And ultimately, Jeffrey Epstein found out about this. And supposedly, that's when Bill Gates was started uh, starting to be blackmailed. And that's when Bill Gates' marriage fell apart. So once again, another high-ranking individual cavorting around with Epstein and no consequences were to be had. If anybody was going to be dragged in front of a judge for anything, it should be Bill Gates. Not only for cavorting around with Jeffrey Epstein and going on the Lolita Express after he knew that Jeffrey Epstein was a human trafficker and a pedophile. Not only that, just look at what Bill Gates did all throughout COVID, the COVID mandates, what we should be doing with masks, how we should be wiping our butts, and everything else that he tried to do to people. Bill Gates should be held accountable like no other human being on this planet. There is not enough punishment that that person could receive from the courts in the United States or anywhere else on this planet. He should be dragged in front of a lot of people in due course. I hope it's sooner than later. Everybody on the Ukraine side, they're saying, hey, this is great. What? What's great? You just lost Bakhmut. Bakhmut, if you don't know, was called the meat grinder because basically a whole bunch of Russian mercenaries by the name of Wagner, they were known as the musicians after the composer Wagner, uh, they took on something like 55, they killed 55,000 or caused 55,000 casualties on the Ukrainian side. The amount of military units that the Wagners took on were insurmountable. It was insane. So they finally won the, what they called the meat grinder. It was a big city fight. And that happened over the weekend. So what does the Ukraine do? The Ukraine decides to raid a town, Belgorod. And that is not necessarily close to the Ukrainian-Russian border. Uh, but it's not too far. It looks like the they, they decided to make a raid. They used a tank, a couple of helicopters, apparently. And there were Russian defectors that decided to... Uh, leave Russia when the fighting started, go into the Ukraine, fight for the Ukrainians. They jumped across the border, attacked a police station, took all of the police uniforms, and disguised themselves as Russians. And so apparently the police uh, departments over there said, if you see a policeman, it ain't us. 
we're wearing plain clothes today because a whole bunch of Ukrainians jumped us and took all of our uniforms. So if you see any uh, police shoot to kill. Now, that apparently that's the story. I don't know if it's true. So they went in there. And there were about 50 of them, 50, 50 Ukrainians died. The Ukrainians are posting, that. oh, my God, this is a fantastic raid. Nobody is safe in Russia. It's nothing. You had 50 guys, one tank, and a couple of armored personnel carriers, which are just light tanks. Anybody can knock them out. Not a big deal. So that's the kind of diversion that they're trying to make after Bakhmut is taken over. That was supposed to be the fortress that the Ukrainians would never give up. It's the glittering jewel of nowhere, and it was going to stop the Russians. Well, the Russians decided to empty their prisons, give their prisoners weapons, and make them mercenaries and say, fight for your country instead of rotting away in a prison, and that's exactly what they did. So you're seeing more and more propaganda come out, but the propaganda that is not something to be taken lightly comes from none other than idiot John Sullivan, who said, or Jake Sullivan, excuse me, from uh, he's the national security advisor. And he said to CNN, uh, while speaking with the G7 uh, in Japan over the weekend, we have not placed limitations on Ukraine being able to strike on its territory. What we've said is that we won't enable Ukraine with U.S. systems to, to attack Russia, and we believe that the Crimea is Ukraine. So the first problem with this is that it is called the Ukraine. It's not just Ukraine, Mr. Sullivan. That's one. Two, the huge problem with what Mr. Sullivan is now saying is going to end up with a lot of egg on the faces of NATO, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Crimea has always been Russian. They gave Crimea to the Ukraine as a goodwill gesture after the Cold War. Look up the Crimean War back in the 1800s. Look up the Battle of Sevastopol during World War II and what happened over there and, and how hard the Russians fought for that. That was a massive city fight with a whole bunch of really, really bizarre German technology, railway guns, so uh, cannons that were so big that they could only be put on a railway car and uh, kept on railway tracks. They fought over there. So it's always been Russian. And now all of a sudden it's Ukrainian. And for the purposes of American diplomacy, uh, Crimea counts as the Ukraine, so they can go and do whatever they like over there. Now, here is what is really the big problem with all of this. Go ahead and try. Because... If you believe that you can strike the uh, the Crimea, then you are essentially attacking Russia directly. And that means that it allows Russia carte blanche to do whatever it wants, including using nuclear weapons. And it also could be something a lot more damaging, like cutting undersea interwebs cables so that nobody has connection to the Internet anymore. Wouldn't that be a hoot? I wouldn't mind it because that means I could take a few days off work, but it still means those things. 
What else do they have in their stores for uh, the on the Ukrainian side? You've got Storm Shadow missiles, which the United Kingdom gave to them. They've got a range of 250 kilometers, so they can reach Crimea. The United States is now talking about giving F-16 jets to the Ukraine. Now, why is that a big deal? First off, you're not going to train Ukrainians fast enough to use those F-16s. Ain't going to happen. So who's piloting those jets? Quote, unquote, mercenaries. In other words, NATO citizens, Americans are piloting those F-16s or any other country that also uses F-16s. Hello, Israel. I think uh, Poland has some F-16s. Whoever has access to F-16s, those people are going to be piloting those jets, not Ukrainians. Give me a break. So you're talking about a direct NATO conflict. You're having NATO citizens, and I say NATO citizens because you have the EU and you have NATO, but they're citizens of a country that belongs to NATO in those jets, going against and attacking, potentially, territory of Russia in the Crimea. Not good. Not a good situation. And a lot of people realize that. And Seymour Hirsch has told us that something else is cooking in the Ukraine. And I think I brought this up before, but what's essentially happening, and if we're to sum up what he says, is that there are people in the Baltic states, like Poland, Estonia, Lithuania, they're saying uh, enough is enough, no more, because you have so many displaced individuals coming from the Ukraine, and they will never go back. None of them want to go back to the corrupt Ukraine. They'd much rather live in Lithuania or Poland or wherever else in the EU. So all of these countries are saying enough is enough. We're, we're not taking care of these people anymore. You've got to do something. And so what does that mean for everybody else? They're trying to pressure him to give up. They're trying to pressure him to Take a deal, step down, do whatever it takes. And Zelensky, according to some people, uh, which is according to, to, to Seymour Hirsch, Zelensky is telling us that if you want to win the war, you've got to give me more money and more stuff. He tells us, I've got to pay off the generals. He's telling us if he's forced out of office, he's going to the highest bidder. He'd rather go to Italy than stay and possibly get killed by his own people. Now you know why Zelensky hasn't been in his own country for three weeks. He's been on this junket tour of Saudi Arabia, Japan, and other countries across the planet because he is scared to go back to his own country. He knows the jig is up. He's shopping around for a buyer so that he can remain in some kind of country and he doesn't have to face the consequences. The amount of money that this C-list cross-dressing comedian made over the past year and a half, two years, is insane. He's got houses in Miami. He's got a house in Italy. God knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars he has in offshore bank accounts that nobody can touch. I can only imagine the amount of cryptocurrency he has lying about in some wallet. So this guy is done. He is shopping for people to take him in because a lot of countries that would want to rekindle the fires and a good relationship with Russia are going to be feeling the ire of the Kremlin because they're saying, hey, 
you are allowing somebody like Zelensky to live on your territory and you want us to deal with you fairly. What 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 is that about? Why would we ever do this? So that also says to me, you've got a couple of those factors. You've got F-16s. You've got the United States saying Crimea is technically Ukrainian. It ain't. And we also have these uh, these missiles from the UK going in there. They are expecting the Ukraine to go sideways. And another angle to that is coming from Senator Tom Cotton. Now, everyone says, oh, Senator Tom Cotton, he's the greatest guy. I've been telling you since day one, there's no difference between the Democrats and the Republicans when it comes to foreign policy. The more discord, the more death, the more wars that they can create, they will always support Tom Cotton now is introducing a piece of legislation that would accuse Russia of violating New START, which is a START treaty, and call on the United States to withdraw from the, the treaty. Now, why is this a big deal? START is the last nuclear arms control treaty between the U.S. and Russia and places limits on the deployment of warheads and where they can put nuclear missile launchers. And Russia suspended its participation earlier this year, but said it will continue to abide by its limits. The United States is now saying we're going to withdraw, too, so that we can do whatever the hell we want. That's a really, really big deal. You don't want <laughs> you don't want <laughs> countries going around and saying, hey, we're not going to abide by any kind of nuclear restrictions anymore. How about that? Something is going to go sideways, and I can't tell if it's going to be in the Ukraine. I think that's going to be where the match is lit, but I also think something could be happening in the United States. This happened last week, and this is from Breitbart. It's from a lot of places at this point. 60,000 pounds, 30 tons of ammonium nitrate used as fertilizer and explosives are missing from a railway shipment that was due to arrive in California from Wyoming, and that was last Tuesday. So my questions are going to be, one, where did this come from? Two, who was it going to? Three, who was the train carrier that was supposed to manage this kind of shipment? So now that we've got 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate just going MIA, where do you think that would end up? I'm pretty certain that rogue terrorists didn't do this kind of theft. It would probably be CIA-related or FBI-related. We don't know. Just pick an alphabet agency and you know throw a dart at a board. Pick a day. It could be any one of those people. They could be trying to move that kind of material over to another place like Taiwan or the Ukraine and use that because remember, you have that grain export and import deal. Plenty of ships are still going into the Ukraine, and plenty of ships are still leaving it. That's one way to demolish a port that they're using, both Russians and the Ukrainians, in the Ukraine. That's one way to get out to get at a port, let's say, in a place like the Crimean Peninsula. Could be something along those lines. But it could also be domestic. And the reason why I say domestic is because this came out today that senators, 50, 100 senators, so that's it, 100% of senators, were offered satellite phones. 50 senators took people up on the offer. Now, these came from 
the Senate Sergeant at Arms. So they are the ones that are saying, hey, do you want this kind of phone? Now, what is this used for? Uh, these kinds of phones are said to be used for in case of an emergency that takes out communications in part of America, like an EMP, such as an electromagnetic pulse, due to the detonation of a nuclear device, possibly in the atmosphere. And, uh, you know, for uh, they also want to ensure that it's a redundant and secure means of communication during a disruptive event, such as a natural disaster that wipes out communication or something uh, man-made, you know, something along those lines. Why now are these 50 senators, they don't say if they're Democrat or Republican, but I wouldn't be surprised if one side took it over the other, being that there's essentially a 50-50 split in there. Or are these 50 senators part of the continuity of government with General Van Herc? Continuity of government is essentially a shadow government that it mirrors what today's public government looks like. So there is a shadow president. There's a shadow cabinet uh, and they are behind the scenes in case something icky goes on. Uh, Nancy Pelosi spilled the beans during the election last time, saying that she was speaking to the continuity of government ready to declare a national emergency so that you can have a situation where these unelected officials and bureaucrats suddenly are the real president and suddenly the real Department of Defense head, all of those kinds of positions are shadowed with the continuity of government. So they seem to be making moves, and this would correlate well with this 60,000 pounds of manure that just go missing for no reason. And then, oh, guess what? We're leaving the START Treaty, and by the way, uh, Crimea is actually part of the Ukraine, and we're not going to stop anybody from bombing it. Yeah, okay. All right, so finally, 30 minutes in, whew, we're getting to the Monday hangover, thanks to Dr. Simon Goddick, who is shedding more light on a reprehensible person that I decided to put in the spotlight uh, a year ago or something along those lines uh, when she was out there during COVID. Now, some people uh, may, be, uh, may be referring to her as uh, some, an, an unkind name. I mean... After what she did during COVID, she was on CNN all the time, and she was all in favor, all in, on the most restrictive of measures to get people to take the shot and to keep people home and so on and so forth. Some people may call her, I don't know, a twat, but I wouldn't call her that. I would have more decorum than to call Dr. Lena Wen a twat. However, Dr. Simon Goddick uh, pretty much does that, and he doesn't hold back. He did a thread on Twitter. What's a coincidence is that when Wen uh, was, uh, during COVID, was when Wen was making all these TV uh, appearances, she was America's and China's top COVID fear monger, was interviewed right after the Boston bombing. Wow, what a coincidence. Could she have been a crisis actress playing a part in front of television cameras. She speaks as if she's struggling to recall her lines. At least her accent has improved. Uh, in 2018, Wen became the president of Planned Parenthood, which is heavily supported by the eugenicists Bill Gates Jr. and Sr. 
what are the odds that a CCP individual coming from China would support family planning? Uh, therefore, it is no coincidence that Chinese-born woman, uh, this Chinese-born woman, was the biggest propagandist during COVID, doing everything in her power to suppress society in a Chinese-style manner, gaslighting them, calling for inhumane measures. And as the following tweets will demonstrate, horrible, horrible decorum. She was vaccinated, and this is something that uh, Dr. Wen came out with on CNN. She was vaccinated. This is a quote from her, but was infected by others who chose not to be. The cost was her life. We know that is the largest pile of buffalo chips you could ever come across. He continues by saying, if you're vaccinated, you are extremely well protected from getting COVID. The people who are vaccinated are not a major pelvic health threat. And that's a quote from Dr. Wen. This is when Lena Wen said in 21, how the scientific evidence that vaccination does not prevent getting sick has was been sick. I'd see, this is what happens when you do 32 minutes and you don't take a break at all. <laughs> you start winding down and stumbling. <laughs> at least on terrestrial radio, you could put a song in there and break it up a little bit and take a sip of water. <laughs> anyway, this is what Dr. Lena Wen said in 2021. However, the scientific evidence that vaccination does not prevent getting sick has been overwhelmingly uh, overwhelming since the beginning. To date, she has neither revised her false statements nor drawn any consequences from her harmful behavior. In August of 21, Wen stated that we can't trust the unvaccinated. Oh, really? Oh, really? The unvaccinated seem to be the smartest people out there, and all they had to do was a little thing called reading the fact that there and the media's tones dr Gottick continues were getting harsher should raise concerns history repeated itself and nobody was stopping them and he puts in a link uh to a propagandist from nazi germany who was thrown uh in front of the nuremberg trials chinese-born dr lena wen born wen linyan heavily pushed the CCP agenda, the Chinese government agenda, throughout the public crisis and called for the enforcement of compulsory vaccination. It is not a coincidence that Canadian health official Teresa Tam and U.S. fearmonger Dr. Eric Ding, also Asian, I assume Chinese, from Shanghai, oh, there you go, were also heavily promoting this misanthropic agenda and the state of fear created by such propagandists was most likely more deadly than the common cold virus itself uh, due to a number of reasons, and he lists them there. I'm not going to read them. When even demanded that unvaccinated people should not be allowed to leave their homes. F you. The real scandal is that there was no media outrage against this totalitarian woman. Yes, because they're all taking money from Big Pharma and the federal government to promote this kind of degenerative behavior. If they took the money from the feds, they were not allowed to say anything negative about any shots that were being thrown to the public. They were not allowed to say anything negative about any kind of mandates that a potential employer would force upon their employees. Not to pop the mic too much with too many peas. So this continues on and on. 
The pharma shill has even declared that getting vaccinated will stop the pandemic. Fake news! Implementing social segregation based on the injection of an experimental gene therapy is utterly disgusting and dangerous. And then he cites a tweet uh, from Miss Wen. We need to make it clear that vaccination reduces your chance of getting infected and thus transmitting COVID. Vaccinated people around other vaccinated people is much safer than around those unvaccinated. The key to stopping the pandemic? Vaccinations. Up yours! And uh, meanwhile, Dr. Lena Wen is now trying to save her own skin, that we find out. She's backpedaling on everything and trying to unwind everything that she said. So she's trying to make it more moderate. Oh, we didn't know what we didn't know, and now we know better. So, of course, we should have never masked. Of course, we should have never segregated each other. Of course, we never should have turned American citizens on each other during an election year. Idiot. But we won't forget, Mr. Goddick, Dr. Goddick said, she labeled people who chose not to vaccinate themselves or their children as anti-science. Despite her recent attempts to seem more moderate, we must never forgive because she represents a serious threat to science and freedom. And he's 100% right. So the Monday hangover is actually a hair on the dog because that post on Twitter from Dr. Goddard came out this morning. So it wasn't something from over the weekend. It was actually, oh, we're hungover and we need a hair on the dog. And Dr. Lena Wen is it reprehensible human being we want to know whether or not she is actually a foreign agent is she getting money from any foreign governments is she getting any money from big pharma i would assume yes to all of those questions and if she is then possibly she could be portrayed as a traitor to this country possible seditionist and more than likely influencing the elections of 2020. That's the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, a whopping 38-minute-long podcast. You know what to do. Uh, I was also on a uh, podcast with Greg, and I this was over the weekend. Uh, Greg Bolden from... <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, man, I'm shot. My voice is done. <laughs> and I will post that on Wednesday or Thursday whenever uh, Greg decides to put that up. I was in a debate with a gentleman by the name of Lefty Lehman. So we had a rip-snorting good time. And you really find out how far the left is willing to go to uphold their agendas. And I, being the bulwark of custodianship a paw because we need somebody to uphold what it is to be a human being not necessarily an american not necessarily a conservative just what is it to be a human being i was that bulwark i was the jetty that was holding back the liberal shores of degeneracy on this show so that'll be posted on um on greg's platforms i think on wednesday or thursday so whenever that happens i'll post that too so you can listen to my brilliance and some good goings back and forth. You know what to do with me right now. You can like me, find me, share me across all of your favorite platforms. And as always, I am extremely grateful to all of the lovable fuzzballs out there, part of Fuzzball Nation, because I am your most lovable fuzzball, Chris Michaels. <laughs>